on today's episode of Windows to the Soul podcast. Uh, and as many people know, if you Google me, you can probably figure it out. Yeah, I had a, a problem with the addiction and I am, you know, recovering now and uh, and all that sort of thing. But man, and there's a lot that I would like to take back. But on the other hand, I don't know where I would be without those, you know. There seems to be a world where everyone is making a hundred million dollars, their life is perfect, and they have not a care in the world. And then, where does the rest of us, who live in the real world, because we're normal people who deal with real life and have real world problems and issues? If that's you, pull up a seat, sit down, and let's have some fun. Windows to the Soul Podcast. What's up, what's up, everybody? It's your boy Drew Dash here, Windows to the Soul podcast, and we back. Uh, it's the second half of the Charlie Cope interview. Uh, like I said um, in the last episode, I said I wanted to split it into two. I thought I was going to split it into three, but obviously I didn't. So here's the uh, second half. I hope you're enjoying the interview. I had a lot of fun doing it. Had a lot of fun. fun. <laughs> Sound like a media. <laughs> had a lot of fun learning from him. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, so, sorry about that, that was kind of rude, I cleared, I just cleared my throat real loud on the mic, I apologize if that jarred your ears a little bit, uh, but yeah, um, had a lot of fun, had a good time interviewing him, and this is the other half of that, so, yeah, I'll be back at the end with the gun line, and, um, you know, to speak to y'all at the end, and I just... Hope y'all are still enjoying it. Keep enjoying it. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in and for rocking with me. All right. Thank y'all. And we'll see y'all at the end. That's that's awesome. He's still alive. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, great. Uh, that's great. He bought, he bought me my first guitar, which I still have with me. Her name is Betty Lou. I'll never get rid of that guitar. Uh, <laughs> okay. uh, he, he was the, he and her were actually the first people that told me uh, I could be a musician if I wanted to, uh, that I could actually do it before even I knew that I could do it. Um, and also there's a couple of things, you know, like, uh, that stereotypical, you know, how to be a man, you know, be tough and that sort of thing. He never really taught me so much of that sort of thing. He taught me, you know, like how to be, uh, caring for other people, how to be like compassionate. And, uh, I remember a conversation that I had, I was just a kid, uh, and my great grandmother was sick. And so, uh, so his his mom, uh, she was sick and she was sick for years, um, you know, as happens when you get older, you know. And uh, some members of my family, I don't want to single anybody out, you know. Uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe they wouldn't care. I don't know. Just to just to be safe, but they said, you know, uh, you know he, you know you he is awesome. He just came up here, uh, 
you know, he came up here, he drove all the way over here to Louisiana from Houston, Texas, and he's here like every other weekend helping. Uh, and it's so nice of him to do that. Did you ask him? Like, no, I didn't ask him. He's just here. He's always just here. And I looked out the window and I saw he wasn't just here. He was also like power washing the driveway or whatever. Uh, and just that kind of clicked for me, just the kind of person that he was. And I realized I didn't want to be like all these, a bunch of other people that I saw in my life that were like, uh, I don't want to say this, say say who they are either, but um, even some people I grew up with, uh, my family members uh, told me, you don't have to do anything for anybody unless you want something out, out of them. You know, that sort of thing, that very tough, macho kind of asshole vibe, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, but I realized my papa, that was the kind of uh, kind hearted person, you know, I wanted. And even now, he's still trying to do stuff uh, for me. He's, you know, he's trying to, uh, he sent me like three jackets when it got cold early, uh, in February with the whole mm -hmm. snowstorm. He sent me like three jackets, uh, you know, and, and uh, a heated blanket too, even though I told him I don't want one. I won't use it. I don't know how to use it. He sent me <laughs> one anyway. I never asked him to send a jacket. He just sent a jacket, that sort of thing. You know, oh, he's yeah. just kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, and then um, he said three. Okay, so that's two. Um, the third one, I'd probably have to say my uh, my agriculture teacher from high school. Mm -hmm. um, I actually, I quoted him earlier with the, it's what you do behind the scenes. Uh, what you do when no one's looking. Uh, Mr. Woods, uh, he... He, uh, I think he was one of the people that also taught me like how to work hard and that sort of thing. I was on a bunch of teams in the FFA and that sort of thing. And I was, I was an officer in the FFA. I was really big into it. Uh, and I was, in every one of the teams I was on, I was the worst one because I was kind of slow and they were all really smart kids. But uh, wow. uh, I did outwork everybody. And I think uh, he was, I think he knew that and he kind of guided me, you know, you can outwork everybody and you can still be on one of the top teams. You know, we always went to state and we were always like one of the, you know, best teams in whatever we did, one of. Uh, and it was, uh, it was pretty cool. I'm sorry, I kind of faltered off there on the end. Oh, you're good. You're good. I got you. Uh, no problem. Um, as I, I, mean, I appreciate that. I, I always, always respect people who, uh, I always respect I mean, people in general, but definitely men who can speak on <clears throat> uh, the men of their family. Because a lot of times, you know, it seems like we, you know, we have people that we look up to and like, like, and on the success side, and it seems like we forget, you know, where we came from, a lot of us do. Um, one, one person that I, you know, I've always said I looked up to, and I, I quote him a lot is my my aunt's husband so it's my my mom's sister's husband which he's my uncle through marriage but he's very you know he's very thorough very tough you know very harsh on us when we were, when we were growing up but it taught me it taught me a lot you know and you know I've, I've i've always i've always respected him you know i didn't always like him but i i've always respected him yeah and i and you know and i i, I like i like that um you know, you, you spoke. You spoke on a guy who you said. Or you I mean a guy? You spoke on your your grandpa saying that uh, he um, that he was just he just showed up and he would just do stuff for people. Mm -hmm. And I like that. You know, I've 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 I've, I've always expected. I've, I've always respected somebody who is 
solid in who they are, you know, and, you know, what, what people like to say, oh, he's real, you know, like he's who he says he is. I've always respected that, you know, whether you're, I I work with a guy and (laughs) he's the first, like he's the furthest thing from what you would think. He's a black guy and he's into like wizards and Dungeons and Dragons. He's a nerdy, nerdy, nerdy dude, but I absolutely like the guy because he is who he is and he does not care. And I'm always like, you know, I respect that. So, yeah, uh, I always respect respect what you. Yeah, uh, I always respect somebody who, you know, said who they're who they're who they are through and through, and they don't and they don't they don't put on a mask to go out and then take it off when they come home. And I think that's a lot of the problem. That I think that's a big problem with the world today now is so many people are afraid to uh, be true to who they really are because you know they want they want to look good on the Instagram and you know. It, yeah, I'm 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 a goofball, run around scaring people, jumping out, playing pranks on people. People play pranks on me, you know. We laughing, so I think I think if I think we need more of that, I really do. So yeah, I really, I really do appreciate you know that. Yeah, man, the world becomes a much more interesting place when people become who they really are. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> yeah, so. <clears throat> As we get ready to kind of start wrapping up, but um, what what would you say your if you've had any? Um, what would you say your biggest, I guess, failure in the music industry has been? And I, I and I I asked that simply for the reason that I asked earlier, you know, because there's other people who might want to learn from, you know, your mistakes or what happened. My biggest failure. Uh, even even if it's not a failure, like a mistake or something that you had to learn from. Very, dude, like, very this hard. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, man, I don't think there was one. Sure, I've you know had some problems here and there. Uh, and as many people know, if you Google me, you could probably figure it out. Yeah, I had a, a problem with the addiction, and I am you know recovering now and. Uh, and all that sort of thing, but man, and there's a lot that I would like to take back, but on the other hand, I don't know where I would be without those, you know? Mm. Uh, it is it is a bit of a scary thing to think of, and maybe I'd be better, maybe I'd be worse, but, um, you know, those, those mistakes that I made, uh, they, they, they put me where I am now. You know, uh, I remember... I know I, I lost some uh, business associates because of like those things I was talking about, those things that you can't control. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, and when your name is on everything, still your fault. Uh, but one thing that I learned that was very important because I lost those business associates because, uh, because of those things that I couldn't control. But I figured out that I could have backup plans on backup plans upon backup plans and lay everything out for everybody instead of keeping my plans to myself. Um, so I would say there's no failures because those, those uh, you know, three steps forward, one step back kind of deal. And, uh, but if I were to give a little bit advice, I would say have backup plans upon backup plans upon backup plans 
because you're going to have failures. Here we go. I have problems, but it's life becomes a lot more easier when you're prepared for those problems to come. Uh, and also, it's pretty damn cool when people look around and just like, so Charlie, I mean, I guess you're just going to have to quit. There's nothing you can do. And you're like, nope, I plan for this. Go for plan 3C. And that's kind of cool. And we're just like, oh, shit, look at him. Yeah. On the audible. <laughs> <Okay. I got laughs> <you. laughs> so you said, uh, um, I, I, I guess I guess I didn't catch that part when I was reading up on you, but you said that you suffered from addiction. Um, yeah. Do you care to speak on what, you know, what what you were addicted to? Yeah. So uh, when I was younger, uh, on a, actually, it's coming up on four years. I'll be sober on the 5th, on October 5th. Uh, very soon um yeah uh so when i was younger um you know as a lot of musicians you're you're paid uh you're given a lot of a lot of free alcohol a lot of a lot of drugs a lot of the time you know especially the sketchier places or or even not the sketchier places but the bigger venues also they'll give you a lot of free drugs they'll give you that sort of thing and um uh, when i was younger when i was about 14 or so uh, I started uh, hanging out with all these people, and you know they were they were adults. I was the only kid, and again, that's how I got my nickname as the kid. And uh, I guess they thought it'd be funny to give you know kid drugs, give him a guitar, and go play uh, that sort of thing. And uh, eventually, a lot of those people became my management, my first backing band, the Ripples from Nowhere, and that sort of thing. I can't speak too much on them, uh, but me personally, uh, I was taking a lot of pills. I was drinking every day. I was taking pills every day, and there was all sorts of things that I was doing uh, that terrified me. And uh, I even had a few uh, near-death experiences, and some of those people even uh, saved my life a couple of times, or I assume saved my life a couple of times because it's all a little hazy, and I didn't really have that much information on what I was doing. I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, and uh, luckily, when I was 16 years old, uh, I made, well, I made the decision to get sober a lot of times, but I get got sober the last time. Uh, when I finally got sober for good, uh, things were oddly harder uh, than before. But uh, just like day-to-day -day life, as after withdrawals, of course, because of course withdrawals are very difficult, but... Uh, Things got a lot harder afterwards, you know, just having to go through the, having to go through life without that, uh, without having something to lean on, uh, it becomes kind of like a part of who you are. And I didn't, you know, even do it for very long. Uh, and especially as a musician, you know, you see a lot of musicians and a lot of their songs are about getting drunk and getting high. And, yeah. you know, you listen to my album. I mean, it is, it is part of my story you know it's part of the album uh and also getting sober and everything and uh but i was i was doing a lot of pills i was uh i was drinking a lot i was doing a bunch of other stuff that was incredibly scary uh i was also pretty terrified of of what i was doing and uh where i was going and i'm glad that i i got sober at a very young age because I've always kind of wondered because I'm a very addictive person. 
I mean, you look at how much I'm working. I I'm kind of addicted to my work. You know, yeah. uh, every time I go to my mom's house, she'll put out a bowl of candy or whatever, and it's gone in five minutes. You know, I, and I'm the only one there. You know, uh, she knows I don't even have to like what she puts out. Like, she, like mom, I'm not I'm not hungry. Like I don't I don't need it. Ah, just in case, just in case. I don't even have to like this snack. It's gone in five minutes. Cause I'm just like an addictive person. I start yeah. a movie with a very hard time turning it off. Uh, so I've always been very scared of, you know, what if I didn't get sober uh, when I was 16? What if I didn't get sober on that day? What if I did it a couple months later or a year later or 20 years later? Would it have stuck? Uh, that's, that's always been a pretty terrifying thought to me. Mm-hmm. No, I get it. Uh, yeah, that's that's definitely a that's definitely a scary thing. Um, it, it, it's it's sad because you know I, I I could think of the guys who were doing drugs whenever I was in when we were like young, you know, thirteen, fourteen, and they were doing you know the hard stuff, you know, because yeah. you know all my friends, you know, might have might have took a shot or took a drink or smoked weed or something, but then there was you know, and we were always kind of like. Uh, okay, but then you know we always had a couple of guys who were around us, and we we're just kind of like, oh no, he's into, you know, the other, he's into it all, like you know harsh, and yeah. so yeah, you know it's <clears throat> and well, I I appreciate you sharing that because I'm I'm re- I'm really big on uh my ex girlfriend's mom uh, is a was a former crack addict, and mm-hmm. I was around for a little bit of the time that she uh I was around for her last relapse. And you know, so yeah, I, um, she was actually supposed to be my first guest, but you know, things went left, so we we ended up getting to do it. But yeah, I definitely appreciate you um sharing that. Um, I guess one 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 thing I do have about uh, the addiction is, you know, we always hear about withdrawals. We do. We hear, we hear about the withdrawals and the relapsing and stuff like that. And it's easy for somebody who's been sober to sit here and say ah uh, you should just you sh- you're just weak you don't want to do it and they don't understand that it's an actual like it's a struggle it is I it's mean, a beast yeah it, mm-hmm. it really is you know I've, I've 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 even heard some doctors say that addiction is like an allergic reaction like your your, your body like has an allergic reaction to it and it like it, that's why it wants it because now you're you're allergic to it um so i guess my question would be when it comes to the uh, the 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 relapses and the withdrawals, I guess was it was it more the withdrawals that you were going through that was making it hard, or was it more just the 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 mindset of just like ah you know I can stop when I want to because you know you hear that a lot people go oh, I'm good you know I'll stop when I want to, and they struggle through it. Um. Well, first of all, withdrawals is not like it is in the movies. You know, uh, it's not like that at all. It's not, you know, in the movies, it's just like, I'm hot. Now I'm cold. Now I'm hot. Now that's, that, that's just a day in Texas. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, no, you get you get violently sick. Like, very, very sick. Like, you're going to uh-huh. die sick. Um, and... Um, it's because you kind of think that you might die, 
it's very scary. Um, and it's good to have people there around you, but no matter what, it's terrifying. It's a, mm. it's a scary thought. Um, just to, just, just for me to think back on it. Cause I've been through it a couple of times now. Um, I don't think I really had too much of that, uh, I'll quit when I want to idea because, uh, I always kind of wanted to quit. Uh, and I can look, look back on my notes from when I was a kid and I was in it and all the songs that were right back then. And a lot of them were about trying to quit or wanting to quit. Uh, not too many of them are like, look at me, I'm a badass, you know, like a lot of other musicians do when they take drugs. It was more uh, struggling with things. And uh, I found that doing those, um, drinking, you know, uh, doing light or heavy drugs, uh, it's always kind of, it, 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 it doesn't make your problems go away. It tables your problems. It basically, it's like procrastinating. It's the ultimate procrastinating. Uh, and when you do that, just like when any other procrastinating, it doesn't take them away. That's what a lot of people think. It, it just tables them. And then it just builds up and builds up and builds up. And that's something else that just gets scary because these are huge problems. They might be minor at once, but then they, they build. And then... Uh, it's another thing to be scared of. So obviously you have these things that were small problems or even good sized problems are now bigger and bigger and bigger. And you would obviously want to put that away as well. Just watch it get bigger, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's not the most artistic way of putting that. Hey, <laughs> I understood everything you said. I get it. <laughs> yeah, no, I understood it. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I think, I think that was my biggest problem with, with, you know, I think my last relationship, I, my, my ex-girlfriend was going through a lot of struggles and she started using drugs behind my back. And I, yeah. then I would, I would tell her like, Hey, you need to, you need to go to therapy, go to therapy because this is not, this is not going to fix it. And obviously, you know, we didn't work out, you know, she went, did what she needed to do and she's where she's at and I'm where I'm at. But yeah, I, I, I always try to get her to understand that like, hey, like this is not going to change. It's still going to be like all the problems, all the struggles, all the pain, it's going to be there when you're done. So let's try to get you some therapy. I was like, I'll pay for the therapy. I'll help you out. But yeah, she wasn't really, she wasn't really open to it. So but yeah, I, def I definitely, I definitely understand where you're coming from. It, it definitely just, I said, when you come down, they're still there. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I definitely appreciate you sharing that with me. So no, no problem. And I've always had a pretty hard time sharing it. And recently I've tried to be a little bit more vocal about it. And just about every interview I do, people ask me about it, so it's fine. Uh, but uh, just because um, recently I was on, one interview uh, it was a podcast uh about being in recovery and we were talking about the stigma behind it and i realized that one of the problems was there's a stigma because you know that there should be some sort of shame behind it uh and because of that i realized that i was kind of part of the problem by not talking about it uh, especially with my personal past it's not like i'm just 
you know, I've never touched the stuff and I'm going to talk about it. No, I, I, I know something about it. Um, and I almost kind of was adding to the problem. So maybe if someone can see me talking about it or singing about it, uh, you know, if they have a problem, maybe they can reach out and get help. Uh, and definitely, luckily I had, I had people there. I had, uh, I had friends and just like my song, you know, use somebody, um, sometimes when you're going through something like that, uh, a helping hand, it, it does, it does a lot. Yeah, I know. I, I get it. I definitely get it. So, I said, uh, I guess uh, you're ready to kind of wrap it up. Um, but one question I always love to ask is, there's actually two questions are, okay. what are three podcasts you would recommend to listeners or to followers and why? That's, that's one question. This one right here, Windows to the Soul. <laughs> hey, I appreciate it. No problem. <laughs> Man, I've done a lot of podcasts. I do a lot of interviews. Um, man, I don't know. Uh, well, I like this one so far. This is a pretty oh. cool one. I know you're new. No, thank you. Yeah, but I like it. I like it so far. Um, trying to think. I know that one. That one's ending, so I won't say that one. There's no point in plugging them. They're ending. Um, uh, you know, I did I did a couple shows with the uh, Country Chat with Dom out of the uh-huh. UK. Uh, and like I said before, I'm uh, I'm not a country singer. I'm an Americana singer. He mostly has country singers, but uh, I'm there's country music in there. It's in there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe if you listen to like Hooked on Little Lies, it's not very country, but Waller County, you know. That oh, is. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Um, but Country Chat with Dom was cool. And we were, uh, I think after that show, we just kind of stuck around for a long time afterwards. We just kept making jokes and it was fun. Um, actually, the one I did last week that I was just talking about, the uh, the recovering addict. Mm-hmm. I, I will go ahead and sit out. That one's also new. Um, and just because that's important, because, you know, if you're, if you are, uh, in recovery or you're not yet in recovery and want to get into recovery uh, I think that's a, it's a good good place they those guys seem to know a lot of what they're talking about and I wish I wish I had something like that when I was you know first trying to get so, first trying to get sober yeah uh, I get it uh, very cool. yeah, sorry uh, I get all dark and gloomy oh you're fine hey I'm good <laughs> <laughs> I'm good I said it's I said we're in Texas. It's sunny, so we're good. Yeah. <laughs> Sun shining, it's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I guess uh, I don't know if I did or if you have one, um, but uh, what is one question that I didn't ask that you might have wished that I would have, or that, or, or or what's one question that most people that most people don't ask that you kind of wish that people would go into, if there is any. Mm. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I I do I do so many interviews. Like uh, I mean, recently I've been on you know a handful of magazines and that sort of thing, and radio interviews, podcast interviews like this. So after a while, I just kind of forget, <laughs> you know. Oh, uh, yeah, but sometimes a podcast or or just anybody they'll like look really deep into me like like 
really deep into me and be like, Are, is it true that you did this in, you know, 2016? I'm like, I, I, probably. I, I don't, I don't <laughs> how did you know that? Um, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Sounds like Nordwar. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and one that I get asked so often is uh, uh, who someone special is. And obviously, I can't say that. That's like the whole point. Otherwise, I would just say for insert name here, you know? Yeah. Um, I kind of I, I wish. I know. I don't even know if these guitars next to me are in tune. I kind of wish we had a chance to play a song. I know we're kind of running low on time here. Yeah. Uh. Uh. Sh- sh- if if they are, should go ahead. I don't mind. I wasn't really planning on it, and I'm just sitting on my bed in my living room because this wall behind me is somewhat blank. Uh. I haven't warmed up or anything. I wasn't. I was just. This is actually a, this is Betty Lou. This is my first guitar that I was talking about earlier. The reason her name is Betty Lou is because she's a breed love and my dyslexic ass can't read. Oh. So for the first like three weeks that I had her, I thought it was Betty Lou. So like, oh, it's the guitar's name, I guess. No, and there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a bar and it was called, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't I, it was where it was when I was in the military, <laughs> and it was called uh, it's called uh, something like the Nutbush or something like that. And I thought it was called Nutty. nutty. I th- yeah, I thought it was called Nutty Buddies for a long time. So we used to make fun of my friends like it's not called Nutty Buddies, it's called Nutbush. And I was like, oh, okay, well, cool. <laughs> so it happens like that sometimes. Uh-huh. Yeah, we say we do. A- I won't go into the full thing. Uh, that's fine, we're, but... we're talking about addiction and that sort of thing. Uh, maybe I should do uh, here. I got one. Good. Right. You got friends in with my demons. I got strong out of believing. Someone love and trust just didn't need proof. Yeah. And feeling low with anesthesia. Cause the only time I see you is when I remember something I tried so hard to get. And those old town feelings got me believing. It's just what I. Southeast Texas, oh, you hot and burning cold. Being the only one to protect this is starting to grow old. And you're an old and painted, painting on the backdrop of my mind. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's that's a fun song to play. Ah, it's a good song to hear. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, it, so, uh, I guess when did you write that one? Uh, I wrote that one. I actually remember the night. Um, I wrote it in like a couple of stages. So I wrote it. Uh, in December, I can remember the days. December twenty second. I can remember the days because uh, my freshman year of college, they were kicking us out of the dorms that day for for Christmas, right? <laughs> uh, and I remember that day because I was dreading it. My mom had moved out of the house that I lived in prior, so like I didn't really have anywhere. I was trying to figure out where to go, you know. Uh, dorms are weird. Um, yeah. Actually, I stayed in Texas Tech dorms. Those are weirder. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've never i've never stayed in those dorms but i've i've took stuff to them uh like delivering stuff to them yeah i'm like this is like yeah <laughs> I, like, I, I i have a very nice apartment with a kitchen laundry room all that and i pay like what like a fraction of what i paid for a dorm yeah it's insane uh but um well i went back to my hometown and i was gonna go stay with some family but before that i actually met up with my uh with someone special my ex-girlfriend uh and we met up and we kind of got into a fight and i realized you know obviously we had been doing this you know on and off and on and off since we were four, 13 years old uh and uh we got into a fight so that night i slept in my truck in a walmart parking lot because it was like two in the morning and I wasn't gonna ask family if I could come, can I come over a day early? Uh, especially two in the morning. Uh, so I sat in the Walmart parking lot and I wrote that. I wrote, or at least like a part of that. Uh, and then I woke up really early because the sun was in my face. And then I went to a, a park just so I can pull out my guitar and I could finish writing that because I loved it. And I had like a, a rough version and it didn't have like all of those lyrics. And like, if you listen to it, I'm damn near rapping, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so it's one of the harder songs to sing because of that. Oh, I got you. <laughs> and I had, I was writing uh, 1200 songs for the album in my first semester of college, trying to pick the top 1%. And uh, I ended up picking 14 instead of 12. And that, wasn't gonna make it but it eventually did 
And I realized, you know, it was basically like the same thing happening over and over again. And that's what the story came from. You know, my, my addiction and, you know, covering all that, I realized that it wasn't my only addiction. Uh, this girl was also the addiction, constantly going back to her uh, and also telling myself every single time, just telling myself, you know, this is going to be different. It's going to work out this time or we'll make it work somehow. Uh, and so it, it really could just go into like any part of the story. Uh, and I, I arranged it uh, much later on uh, differently and put the bass to the low and the violin solos and all that. Uh, and put in some new lyrics, uh, lyrics from other songs as well. And I put it, I made it a different section of the story instead of closer to the end, I put it more towards the beginning uh, into the, uh, into actually into the addiction part of the story. Uh, realizing that there was a problem and realizing, you know, having that fear that we were talking about earlier. Uh, mm -hmm. I really had very similar fears with the girl, you know, like uh, I, you know, being young, you kind of see yourself with that person forever. Uh, I was kind of scared to be with her and I was scared to be without her at the same time. And so I made sure to put that into the song. Uh, but there's, there's a lot going on in that tune. Uh, yeah. and it's, it's become one of the most streamed songs on the record. I know it's only been out for three weeks, but uh, Americana, whatever's left, you know, hooked on the lies has done pretty, pretty well. That's, that's deep. It's a deep song. I mean, I appreciate what you said. I mean, you said it kept being the same thing over and over, you know. Uh, well, one thing that I love that I've always heard, you know, is if you do what you always did, you're going to get what you always got. So I, 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 like, how you, I like how you put that. <clears throat> mm -hmm. But yeah, so uh as we have to get ready to wrap up um again i want to thank you for reaching out to me because you really opened my mind to possibilities that i never because i just kind of stayed in my own little you know world thinking like okay i'm gonna try to interview these people and i really do think you oh no no problem no problem so i definitely thank you for reaching out uh i'd like to have you back eventually um so we can talk more like i said you're gonna be in Lubbock. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. That'd be great. <laughs> I haven't released those dates to the public, but I can text it to you once we're off here. Okay, that'll work. Hey, I'll, I, like I said, I'll probably, I'll probably be here. I'll probably be around Lubbock till I just renewed my lease, so I'll probably be here probably till about next summer. So till probably about, probably about next next June. So yeah, perfect. I'll be there before uh, then. Yeah, that'll work. That'll work. <laughs> so before we get out of here, um, uh, I should have done this at the first. I apologize, but um, uh. Tell the people where they can find you at. Yeah. So if you Google my name, Charlie Cope, Cope is in How Do You Cope with all this terrific music. Yeah. Uh, you can just <laughs> find everything there. Uh, my Google Knowledge panel has all my socials, my website, everything. But uh, if you do go to my socials, make sure it's the real one. Uh, there's a couple fake accounts and there's a couple fan accounts out there. So make sure it's the real Charlie Cope on Instagram, the Charlie Cope on Twitter. I think it's just Charlie Cope on Facebook. There's a couple of things I've never heard of that I don't run, but are, are me. They're me and my team are running them. Uh, or go to my website, charliecoatmusic.com. Again, first thing you find when you Google me and you get all my events, my bio, my contact. I love it when people contact me. I love getting uh, uh, fans contacting me. I, I, I love talking to new people. I keep my contact info very yeah. public. Likewise. I always say I love, I love learning from, I love, love learning from people because, you know, it, it teaches me, you know, things that I might have not known. And uh, so uh, I see you had some uh, some show dates. So uh, you, you, said, you said you had to switch a couple around? I did. I did. Um, but they're still pretty much the same. Mostly. Mostly. Okay. 
Oh, uh, well. Yeah, um, yeah, I've got a lot of dates uh, now around the DFW area, and uh, coming up soon, we're about to release uh, tour dates for next year. Okay. Uh, very excited. And, I mean, I'm sure y'all can guess from, we were already talking about some Olympic dates. Uh, yeah. So those are coming soon, <laughs> and uh, yeah. plenty more for next year. And also, make sure to check out Americana and whatever's left, my debut Americana record out on all streaming services, radios. It's already gotten on a bunch of charts. It's amazing. Uh, make sure to whatever radio station you listen to if it's not on there yet it should be so feel free to call them up and tell them to put oh, yeah. it on yeah. definitely definitely like i said put myself through was a good one and the last one you just played also was yeah hooked on you was good so yeah thank you i see i want to thank you again for tuning in uh um like i said go check out my man charlie cope and i said we'll see you next time charlie right. see you all right thank you peace you have a good day Okay, so, yeah, that was the whole interview. As I said, I was just going to put it out in two pieces. Um, I definitely want to thank everybody who tuned in to catch that or everybody who will tune in to listen to that. Um, we got some more interviews coming here pretty soon. These will, some will be, you know, uh, remote Zoom style and uh, Squadcast style interviews. Some will be actually be in-studio interviews, so the audio will probably sound a lot more clear and a lot more better so um i'm also uh working on if y'all hear an echo uh i do apologize please let me know if you want to um if you want to send me any any uh anything on my instagram or my zippy stream please let me know um i'm working on getting some i'm working on getting my my room sound pan i mean my uh yeah my room you know sound paneled and you know, uh, soundproofed, so, uh, then that'll be a lot better, then I'll probably start putting more actual videos out, because that, for some reason, I have a, a real bad echo in my room, even when I close the door, it still has a pretty bad echo, so, yeah, but, I definitely thank y'all for tuning in, I definitely thank y'all for rocking with me, I definitely thank everybody who's been, you know, helping me out, shout out to everybody who's been listening to me from, um, from other countries i really think i really thank y'all for doing that i really thank y'all for you know trying to help me grow and you know trying to help me <clears throat> get out of here more so with that being said i'm gonna leave y'all with the gun line and as i always say if you're doing bad work on doing better if you're doing good guess what work on doing better judge anybody until you see life through their eyes you took a step in their shoes and y'all have a good day and a good weekend y'all be safe see y'all next episode Fences in a campaign. We don't need no fences.
We got us the gun line. Tell them about the gun line, boss. This is the gun line. This is the gun line. It runs from shack to shack. Clear around the yard. You are now inside the gun line. So, yeah, it's the gun line. Um, this one is uh, from uh, Patrick Bet David. Um, if y'all don't know who that is, he is an entrepreneur and he's the host of uh, Valuetainment. Uh, he's speaking on complacency, you know, and I believe a lot of times complacency can be a problem for many of us. It was a problem for me. It, um, it Or I would say it was. It has been. Um, I've gotten comfortable and I'm starting to make moves so that I can uh, get out of that comfort zone and start trying to, you know, work harder so I can kill it. Uh, but, you know, there's a, you know, there, there's a, there's a saying that goes, uh, it comes from uh, Benjamin E. Mays, and it goes, tragedy of, or, the tragedy of life is not found in failure, but complacency. Not in you doing too much, but doing too little. Not in you living above your means, but below your capacity. It's not failure, but aiming too low. That's life's greatest tragedy. If you ever hear anybody, most people say, you know, uh, scared money don't make no money, you know, all kinds of things like that. That's basically what this is saying. You know, most people's biggest problem is, you know, uh, when they die is regret because they regret that they didn't try something. And that's what this is about. So I'm going to leave y'all with this. Uh, we'll see y'all on the next episode. I think that's going to be a pretty good episode. So um, y'all check this out. Y'all have a good day. And y'all stay safe this weekend. Peace. The best part is knowing no matter how well you're doing, never believe in the hype that you've already made it. Mm. If you feel you've made it, you lost the game already. Mm. You're never going to compete with the guys at the top. Because everyone's going to tell you, dude, you're amazing. Dude, you're killing it. Dude, you're this. You almost have to be deaf when you hear that from people. You can't hear that because that's the last thing you want to hear. At the end of the day, the biggest thinkers win. The biggest thinkers win because the biggest thinkers can last longer than you can. Mm. Most people can. Not you. I'm saying generally yeah, like course. anybody is. Like a test where people say, oh my gosh, you see that guy's killing it on, you know, podcast. Or that guy's killing it on. So that guy's killing real estate. That guy's killing relax yeah way too early yeah this is a 20-year race we don't even know what's going on some of the people that were big 10 years ago ain't nobody talking about them today this is a long race